You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Today I'm looking forward to addressing the subject, the foolishness of man. Man has become foolish as we approach the end of time. In a day in which man, you and I, need to decrease, we're increasing. And we're in a day where God needs to increase, we're decreasing Him. We are dethroned God. We have become the God. We make the rules. We make the decisions. We, 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 we plan on what is right in our own eyes and it's contrary to what the Bible declares. The Bible is our rule of practice. We follow the Bible. There'll come a day if the Lord tarries where government, including America, will outlaw this book because of the passage you just read. They'll say it's, it's, uh, it's hatred speech, it's racist speech, it's against mankind, but mankind is against God. We are at a critical moment and the only hope out of this mess is not some medicine or some vaccine or some new political party. The only hope we have is God. And he must increase, John 3.30, and we must decrease. As we look at the thought today from this scripture, we believe that man believes that he is in charge. But man is a fool to say something like that. Man believes like there is no God, but the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. We need God. And there's nothing so bad that God cannot change it. We had the first awakening, spiritual awakening in 1740, a little bit further for the next many decades. And in that awakening, America, the small little country, a new little country, was so much against one another. The, one of the great fuels was slavery. And slavery became an issue of the day around 1740. In 1805, slavery was outlawed in the northern states because they said we don't want it. Eventually it led to a civil war and a government right, state rights. But we began to fight against one another. A nation that will fight against one another is a nation that's on the precipice of falling and going sinking deep into literally judgment of God and in, in an adverse situation with mankind. Whenever a man, a dictator takes over a country, history bears it. You always get every group against one. Hitler did it, Stalin did it. You get the rich against the poor. You get race against race. You get the educated against the uneducated. You get religion against religion. You get a neighbor against neighbor. Study history. History will bear it out. You always create turmoil. And then in that midst of a turmoil, you raise up a leader that says, I'm going to lead you out of this turmoil. And that leader generally puts you in deeper bondage. We have a good example of that in our government today. Our government, when it was formed, was called limited government. They control everything. They want to control everything. Getting quiet in here now, but don't worry, it's going to get worse. 
Man is not in charge. God is in charge. Let me, let me illustrate before I get to my message for a few moments. Man thinks he's in charge of the weather. Now, that being the case, let me read to you some scripture today. And you may want to mark it down or just listen very carefully. My Bible says this in the book of Psalms, that he sendeth forth his commandment upon the earth and his word runneth very swiftly and he, God, giveth the snow like wool and he gives the frost and he gives the ice. Man is not in charge of the weather. God is in charge of the weather. Let me back up. Psalm 104, he sendeth the springs into the valleys, run along the hills. He giveth drink to the beasts of the field. The wild asses quench the thirst. He uh, feeds the fowls. He watereth the hills. He causes the grass to grow. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Sap comes, he appoints the moon and the seasons and the sun, and it knows it's going down because God's in charge of the sun. Notice what the Bible says, and I, I, I'll stay with the Word of God. Psalm 78 and verse number 47. He sendeth the hail and the frost and the hail and the thunderbolts. God sends that. Notice what the Bible says, and we'll use the Bible. Uh, I don't care what the government says. He visits the earth with water, and he rich enriches the waters. He sendeth the showers and the soft showers, and they drop upon the pastures in the wilderness. The Word of God. I mark my Bible for the sake of time. The Bible says, He maketh the drops of water. He poureth down the rain. He causes the clouds to drop water. Uh, he he uh, spreads the clouds. He sendeth the light upon it. He covereth the bottom of the seas. In other words, God is in charge of the weather. Not some teenage girl who's been invited to every climate change meeting, teenage girl that's never even had a job, and she's telling us as a teenager how that we are making the weather. Okay, teenage girl. Okay, politicians. Here, if we're controlling the weather, I have lived my entire life other than six years in the, I lived here except for six years in the Midwest. Christmas is coming in California. It's going to be this year on December 25th, like it was last year. Now, I'm not a snowman, but snow is beautiful at Christmas. And not a dry snow, but a wet snow. A wet snow just clings to the branches. It's fluffy looking. It's, I mean, it's like clouds that land on the trees. It's breathtaking. I am putting my order in. I'll need a motion on the floor in just a moment because we're in charge of the weather. I'm putting a motion on the floor this morning, December 25th, 2021. On December 25th, we wake up to 10 inches of snow. Is there a motion on the floor? Is someone give me a motion on that today? Way in the back back there, and there's a motion. Is there a second? All right, there's a second there. I'm talking about 10 inches of rain because we are in charge of the weather. 
The amazing thing now, it gets too hot, we're in charge of that. It gets too cold. It used to just be one, but now we've got both of them. So there's a motion on the floor. Is there a second? All people that want 10 inches of snow, say amen. amen. Anybody opposed? Good. He's got it. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not saying be abusive and be pollutant. I'm not so suggesting that at all. But friend, if you want rain or if you want snow, you better go to God. God has more power than Mr. Biden. And he has certainly more power than Jack Trigger too. I cannot control the weather. But foolish man, look what it says in Romans where we are today, in Romans chapter one. In Romans chapter one, the word of God says in verse number, uh, try, try on verse number uh, 20, um, 20, uh, 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Let's read it together. Ready, begin. Professing themselves to be wise, follow the science. No, follow God. Follow God. God's in control. Not Father Fauci. God's in control. God Almighty is the one in charge of the weather, not the science of man. I think of our violation because we've set ourselves up with God with prisons. We've released 17,000 in this state alone. Well, we have a congresswoman just about a year ago that proposed to abolish all 100% federal prisons and let them go. She's still in office, by the way. It's an amazing thing. Someone comes knocking her door to break it down. I don't wish that on anyone. In the middle of the night, first one she'd call is the police that they don't want. There's such a thing as authority. God created authority. God's word says, if you have an animal and your animal in your house hurts your neighbor or hurts you feels, you're responsible. We want the government to be responsible for everything because we want to be in control. But God, God says when there's leprosy, you don't kill the health director. I know I'm being watched right now. In the Bible, in Leviticus, you don't call when it's a reddish yellow color. You don't call the medical people. You call the pastor. The Old Testament, they called him the priest. And he says, you wash everything. You clean everything. You cleanse all claws. You wash your hands. You wash your bodies. And if you have leprosy, and I've been in a leper colony. I know what I'm talking about. He said, then I'll come back in seven days and take a look. And if it's worse, then you begin to take mortar off the walls and you begin to deal with it to the point eventually, if you can't get rid of it, you burn the house. God says there's a way, God says there's a way to deal with sickness. That's why we've been a blessed nation but we've been a Christian nation. We have learned to wash our hands and wash our bodies, but you travel with me around the world as I've had the joy of going to countries of the world, many of them religious countries, but not with God, and they're dirty. Hold on, it's gonna get better. We'll get to all the scripture here. I think today of how well, we think we're in charge of the weather and we think we're in charge of prisons, but we like to redefine marriage. 
We even have some congressmen that are saying right now, women, that they want to take the Constitution and eliminate all male and female pronouns. But my Bible says, I did not marry a partner. That's the big word. No Mr. and Mrs. anymore. No male and female. No husband and wife. No mother, father. No son or no daughter. But God said that he created man. And God says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and he shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. We're, we're crazy. I, I tell you what, verse, verse number 28, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So what they do? Verse 24, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They changed the truth of God and worshiped and served the creature more than creator. Time out. Wait a minute. I'm not for harming a cat or a dog, but you'll get more time in prison for hurting a cat than you will for murdering a child. Why is this? Why, why do we think this way? Because the Bible says they said we're wise, but they are fools. To think we've had 67 million, 68 million babies slaughtered in America. Number one country in the world, slaughtering babies. And people will run for office saying, I, I am for, I am for you to have this right. What about that child? A nation, a nation that slaughters their children. And then we wonder why Philadelphia had their 500 shooting and homicide this week. When we told kids since 1973 that children are valueless and babies are valueless. No wonder we're going to kill uh, elderly and kill, uh, break in and kill people on the street and kill for the killing of it. Hosea chapter 4 says, because that nation forgot God, they gave themselves over to murder and to lying and to cheating and to stealing. Things running out of control. And the only hope that this nation has is churches like this and God's people that are inside the church house. Only hope we have. Not in Sacramento. Not in Washington, D.C. Not in new reforms. Not in more jobs. We've got 10 million jobs available. People don't want them. Why? You can stay at home and collect off the government. They didn't like to retain God. So the Bible says God gave them up. They, they changed their, the natural use and men burning in the lust with men and women with women. We, we have redefined the whole. We think that we're in charge of heritage. And so they're tearing our heritage down all around America. God says not to remove the ancient landmarks which have been set. First place in world history was Rhode Island, where you had religious liberty. The 1600s they passed that said, man is free with religious liberty to choose the God and worship the God he wants to worship. So yes, Catholics can worship Mary and if they want to, that's their, their freedom, that's their right. And someone can worship Buddha and someone can worship Muhammad. 
But we also can worship our God, Jehovah God Almighty. Every other religion is being accepted and Christianity is being rejected. We redefine God. Verse 28, the Bible says they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We don't want God. So when I went to school one day in junior high, 1962, they said you can't have the Bible anymore. In 1963, the year John F. Kennedy was shot, I'll never forget that November 22nd day when he was shot and killed. And our principal came into our junior high school that day and said a tragedy just took place. Our president been shot and he didn't say killed because they didn't know at that time. I can recall teenage girls beginning to weep. I recall him telling our teacher, we're going to dismiss school, but we're going to have public school very close to here, 20 minutes away. Said we're going to have, and it was already outlawed, we're going to have prayer in school for the president of our country. How are we doing getting rid of prayer in school? How are we going now that there's these chain link walls around the schools and there's police officers and you have to walk through monitors to see what you're carrying? How are we doing without God? And I'll tell you why we're in the trouble we are. Because we removed the church. That's our fault. We're casual with church. I'm for staying out of church. If you're sick, stay home. But I tell you what, we will work this week on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and we'll find out they were out of town, they were here, they stayed home, they got in late, they were tired, they were here, they were there. And we will, as pastors, beg all week long, please, oh pretty please, come to church. We will give you free coffee next week and we will give you donuts and we will have full lunch, uh, full this or full that. I'm all for fellowship. But why do we have to beg people? God, God's people to go to church. Never understand it. I'll never comprehend it. Well, Swedish couples that are watching right now are home because of a sickness. Yet I watched that dear couple through the, with that sickness, through, through the tents and all that, come, come. I'd say, please stay home. Not that they're contagious. So, oh no, I need church. I need church. And yet people that are well and healthy are, are, are man, I got, a, I got a sniffle. How about Monday? Do you have the sniffle? We're too casual with God. That great awakening came to a little small country called America in 1740. Jonathan Edwards was preaching and Whitfield was preaching. You read their messages. They preaching, thus saith the Lord, and they thundered it out. We're a wicked people. We've given ourselves over to debauchery. We've given ourselves over to liquor. We've given ourselves over to sin. And we, there's got to be a revival. And all of a sudden, Brush Arbor meetings began to come. And Jonathan Edwards preached that great famous message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And people began to hold on the light post and get right with God and churches grew. And people repented and got right with God. We are there. There's nothing so bad that God could not change it. 
our churches today instead, they seem like clubs. Instead of prayer meetings, we have parties all the time. We have play all the time. Every sport imaginable. I'm, I'm all for basketball and all the things we do around. Thank God for it. What about prayer meeting? I think it's going to preserve something for your children and grandchildren. I love life. I hope I get to live a lot longer. But friend, I, if God takes me home today, I've lived a long, good life. I've lived my days up. But I don't want to just die off without fighting. My, my four, our 14 grandkids could still have church and Sunday school deep and wide. And I will make you fishers of men for God so loved the world. Those songs in the Bible verses and the scriptures. I don't want Sunday school around here to turn into a, a gathering time where we talk and fellowship and have coffee and donuts and that's it. So what we're looking around for here. Say, so you know, that's not going to grow this church. It may not. This building may sit empty one day. But under my watch, by the grace of God, we're still going to have Sunday school and teach the Word of God and not have a gathering or a connection group. We're going to take the Word of God and look at God's Word. Don't be casual with Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Don't be casual with reading your Bible carelessly. My Bible, the Word of God says, in the last days of perilous times shall come, savage times. We've seen that entering into the church. Peter was writing, as he wrote, he said that, that people in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, many will follow their pernicious ways, false religion way, false ideas. The purpose of the church is to preach the word of God not share the Word of God, not just simply teach. God has chosen the last, uh, these last days of foolishness of preaching. Preaching is a Greek word, kerub, to lift your voice and herald with authority. I don't want some leader saying, well, I'm just thinking about this, and what I'm thinking about in America is that we just need to be nice to one another. Well, sure, we need to be nice, but you don't have to be a, a, a softy about it. I don't want to go to the military and be in a war and have the general come out and say, come on, boys. Let's all rally together. Let's just do our very best because y'all will get a trophy whether we lose or win. Y'all get trophies. And we'll all go to the ice cream shop afterwards because you're all winners. I don't want to follow a general like that. You know, I'm getting to my message. The church is re being redefined after my departure shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock. I know, I know what day we live in. I, I know that the younger generation, they want all barriers removed, dress like we want to dress, act like we want to act, go on Sunday where we want to go, do what we want to do, drink what we want to drink. I'm, by the way, parentheses, wine and liquor. No, 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 it's against the Bible, it's still against the Bible. Instead of preaching, we have little seminars all the time. Follow the bouncing ball. That will not save a country. 
Listen to this gray-headed, bald-headed, ancient man. I'm telling you, you're not going to save a country by compromise. Churches are being so redefined. You men that have traveled so much and preached out, you go and you think, my goodness. I know there's good churches. I'm not saying we're the only one. But the change going on. You fight for that change, I'll fight against you. I'll tell you that right now. You say, we'll get more people who will vote you out. Vote me out. I'll be across the street in that field preaching next Sunday. I'm not going to have the sheep telling the shepherd what direction we're going. I'm dealing with some churches right now that, that are, are fighting about that. Pastors just, they're looking for pastors all across the nation. Preachers have quit. We just want a, we want a man that, that will, will help us with our philosophy. I don't want to help you with your philosophy. I want to know what this Word of God says and preach the Word. I think if I were, I'm getting to my message and I'll be done. Start with the weather. I think about how they tell us we hate one another in this country. Well, if that's true, it's because we have violated Matthew 22, 37 through 40. They came to tempt Jesus, said, Master, what's the great commandment? He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And this is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto the first, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On this hang all the law of prophets. Government cannot legislate me to love that Filipino man right there. They can pass laws and rules that I have to love Filipinos. I don't love Filipinos, Filipinas either, because the government legislates me. I love Filipinos because I love God. We sing. Red and yellow, black, brown, white, they're all precious in His sight. Every race, every nationality is welcome in this church. Every sin that's listed here is welcome in this church as well. We won't embrace the sin, but we want to embrace the sinner. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor on heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. There is no rest. Anarchy in the streets. Now, now the big thing, 80 cars show up in a shopping mall. They're there for two minutes. They bust out the windows. They grab everything they can, loot it, and there's nothing being done that's going all over America, right? That's the rage. Lawlessness, that's called. Lawlessness. Why? Because... They did not like to retain God. They they, they need God. They need God. I need God. This church needs God. So we get to verse 28. They did not like to retain God and their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. All these things I mentioned are just reprobate. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Everything's unrighteous. Fornication, that's moral sins. Wickedness, covetous, wanting, wanting more, maliciousness, full of envy. That's where someone just desires to have more at your expense. I want what you have. And so I have the right to get it, so I'm going to just take it. And our courts believe in that. Murder, 
Debate, what is debate? Just causing contention. Causing contention. Deceit, malignity, everything has to be evil. Whispers, secret slanders. I'll not just say it in passing. I I don't understand when, according to the Bible, people are going to come into this place and people will unite with with us, but people always leave. That's part of church. And when people leave this place and you still fraternize with that, that is a violation where God says you withdraw for those that walk disorderly. It'd be like if, if a mate was disloyal to another mate and all that it was was just, well, they left, but I'm friends with the, the mate that you would think, what kind of friend are you? The longer I live, I'm thinking, how could you do that to this church and to that pastor's wife and this pastor where you continue to fraternize with people that hate this place? I don't understand that. I'll never understand. It's like if, if your husband or your wife was so vile to you, and I said, well, they're my best friend. I don't understand that. I'd like to pull over on that th- thought, because I tell you what's going to happen. The rotten apple always spoils the entire barrel. Thank you for letting me spend that time. Backbiters, that's slanders, haters of God. Despiteful, that's, they'll insult others. Proud, boaster, vendors of evil things, disobedient to parents. So society is destroying herself. What's the answer? Revival. In the first great awakening, then the second great awakening came in the early 1800s. You can look this up on your dictionary and you'll find about great awakening. Let's put it in. They keyed on the word revival, a renewal. Revivals, Finney, who was used in the second great awakening, would preach. He said three things are revival, a recognition of sin. I have to recognize in my life sin. If I don't answer you with kindness, that's sin. If I'm not kind, the Holy Spirit of God says, do something to the, for that man, for that person. And I say, I'm not going to. I don't like the country they're from. That's sin. That's sin. To look down on anybody. And government can legislate the head, but he'll never change the heart. A recognition of sin. Lying on my taxes is sin. Stealing from God is sin. Bitterness in my heart to anybody is sin. I must get right with God. I must get right. A recognition of sin too. A repentance or a turning from that sin. Three, a renewed desire to serve God. Sometimes I wonder if I got too old for this church. Wait a minute. I have a renewed passion for 2022 that won't stop. I don't know what God's going to do. Maybe 2022 will be the year he takes me home. And this is going to be a surprise for you. If I die of a heart attack or a stroke or cancer, or if I die of COVID, you're not going to believe this. 
But God says he's numbered my days. And I can do everything I can to live, live, live. But when my days, my day is up, I don't know what month it's going to be. And if it's going to be this year or next year, but that's the last day I'm going to be alive and I can do all I want to do. I'll go in and say, freeze my body and bring me back a hundred years from now. But guess what? I'll still be dead. Because God has given me life and while I have life and breath, there's a passion to try to help you and your wife and your husband and your family and your home and your widow, as widows and widowers and single adults and divorced and separated and people with sin in their life. It's my job to try to help us. It's a job of these men of God, the men of God and women of God in this auditorium. When the awakenings came, there was always great preaching and great singing. Keep us singing. Just keep us singing. At the cross, at the cross. I rest my case at the cross. That first song, great song we sang. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise. Politicians didn't make the mountains rise. That spread the flowing seas abroad. On this last Sunday in November, I'm calling you to begin to pray with me in December and in January if the Lord tarries that God would send revival. Let's stand together, shall we? I'm out of time. I didn't realize it got so far away. Father, I love these people so much. I just love them. I'm so burdened for them. I've lived a good long life, and I hope I have more life to live. But my grandkids have not lived a long life yet. And these young people here have not lived a long life yet. And I pray that I can do everything. And my wife, we could do together everything possible to preserve the church and preserve the almighty God that in all things he, as our pulpit says right here, he might have the preeminence. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.